0: Since March of 2020, Washington College students, of all classes, backgrounds, and fields of study, have faced significant abrupt changes concerning their learning and on-campus experiences. From taking all their spring and fall semester courses online, to keeping an ear out constantly for both updates from administrative members and news concerning the COVID-19 pandemic on a larger scale, several students have voiced concerns regarding how much their mental health has been impacted during this otherwise unusual time. According to a virtual campus group study constructed by students in Dr. Alicia Cosma's CMS 301 Research Methods and Communications class last fall, 66% of participants have voiced mental health concerns, with 82% saying they've had trouble focusing in virtual classes, and an additional 30% feeling alienated due to a significant dependence on technology to deliver effective, often pseudo-academic and social interaction. Pew Research Center also shows similar stats in which 24% of the U.S. population has reported feeling psychologically distressed as a result of extensions and uncertainty concerning the pandemic, with 33% of that being young adults between the ages of 18 and 29. Now, according to a WAC contingency planning group update released on January 8th, the first in the new year, the initial plan to bring back students to campus designed last semester is still in place, with those returning mandated to quarantine two weeks prior to moving back and two weeks prior to the start of online classes. To take a show proof of a flu shot, it submitting daily estatations via the downloaded Emocha app, which is being finalized to fit all those choosing to come back to live on campus for the spring semester. Today, I will be talking with Wax Psychology Club President Shanice Frazier and Vice President Kimberly Leonard about how this extended time in isolation has become difficult for many students, and what the Wax student body can do to help themselves better improve their mental well being alongside changes towards reaching normalcy. I am your host, Olivia Montes, and this is Washington College. Our first guest today is junior and president of WAC Psychology Club, Shanice Frazier. Shanice, welcome to the show. Thank you, you're welcome.
1: So first off, how would you describe your position and the roles that you have within the Psychology Club on the Washington College campus?
2: This year, I'm the president. I get to uh, plan the events for this semester. And I think as the president of the psychology club, I feel like it's my role to make sure that just to do my best. Because the overall goal of the psychology club is to promote mental health and spread more awareness and bring people who have like interest in psychology together. So as a president, my role is to make sure we create a community of people with the same interests or to help promote social topics like mental health.
1: Before we delve into discussing how for many Americans and especially college students across our own and other college campuses across the country, the COVID-19 pandemic has definitely taken a toll on mental health or one's mental health. And I wanted to briefly review what exactly is involved when we discuss what mental health actually is and the stigmas that are behind it and explain what it means for any and every individual that is experiencing it. So how would you describe the concepts or the definition behind mental health?
2: How I would describe it is one's well-being of what's going on in their mind. And I think when it comes to discussing stigma, the most important part is to create like a community for people to be able to express themselves. Because usually the past people label those who struggle with their mental health as crazy or you're seen as weak. And so when we create a community where people are able to express themselves and I think that's the good part because some people might not be open to expressing themselves or they don't have the words to express so they feel. So like if someone were to talk about their struggles and someone else is struggling with that, it makes that person, I guess... It gives them more encouragement to open up more because they're hearing other people open up about their own struggles. And so when it comes to just discussing the stigma, I think everyone just has to be more open and willing to like listen to others.
1: So how would you describe the status or the position of mental health of college students at this point in time? I mean, on top of the COVID-19 pandemic, acts of racial and ethnic violence across the country and on top of political polarization throughout the course of the election and the aftermath of that election?
2: Well, I think especially during the start of the pandemic, a lot of people were unsure about what could happen. And I think a lot of people expected the normal, I guess we're expected us to return to the normal by the fall. And so I would call the college students spending their summers in isolation, and then spending fall semester in isolation, on top of the political atmosphere, especially during November. I think a lot of college students are struggling. There's so much going on right now. And so I know for me personally, when there's a lot of sadness, it takes a toll on me. And so I think we're not essentially in normalcy. And so we're still living in isolation and then on top of that students the opponent that won the election or upcoming president maybe some students didn't want him to be president maybe they wanted the other side and so they're sad about that and then on top of being in isolation and so just with so much going on i think it's really taking a toll on college students because some may feel like especially when it comes to politics Because everyone has their own difference in opinions, and some may feel like uh, their opinions are not being listened to. And so I think with just the pandemic and the politics, I think it's definitely taken a toll on everyone. It's a lot going on in the world.
1: Yeah, it definitely seems, for lack of a better phrase, the perfect storm for all that people are going through, especially college students, just witnessing time and time again, as if things cannot get any worse, here's something else to really stir the pot.
2: Yeah, and I think it's just the fact that we kind of have to deal with everything that's going on, and at the same time, we have to focus on our academics, and so it's a lot.
1: So during the course of last year, particularly students, after As we know, we've gone through an extended spring break in March, and then we were suddenly forced to move out from the college campus and take the rest of the semester at home. And we were limited to virtual connections and learning with little to no other in-person communication, and all against a backdrop of being in and out of mandated quarantine, depending on the state, and feelings of being optimistic and pessimistic about how this list of improvements towards solving this crisis are better are being projected and made throughout the country to combat this spread. We've witnessed all of this in not even a year. Do you feel that this timeline and this back and forth has significantly impacted the WAC student body?
2: Yes, I think when the pandemic really hit, and we had to move out suddenly, I think a lot of students expected that we'll be back to normal in the fall. And so I know for me, I was supposed to move in in the fall. And then they sent the email saying that only students with special needs can live on campus. And so I think a lot of students didn't go back because they probably don't have special needs. And students who probably don't have the best access to um, internet, they're more likely to go back and so going from okay you have to move out because of the pandemic and then everyone's like okay it's not a big deal we're going to come back in the fall and then we realize we're not coming back in the fall and then now some students are supposed to come back in the spring and so I think this back and forth it's an emotional roller coaster for students One minute we're like optimistic and then we realize the virus isn't really getting better. And so we get sad and then we have more hope and then we get back up. Just the back and forth is making students just sitting back and waiting for whatever to happen. Because at this point, it's you can come back, you can't come back. And so students are kind of just sitting waiting for something to happen. We're not really like expecting something to happen because there's been so much back and forth. So I think at this point, we're just waiting to see whatever happens. happens.
1: Yeah, it seems like we've developed this mechanism for not giving our hopes up too easily. I mean, especially now.
2: Yeah. I mean, it, it's understandable because I think everyone wants everything to be back to normal. But with cases going up, and not a lot of people social distancing and wearing masks. I mean, I think I'm kind of in that position because I kind of expected to go back to somewhat normalcy in the fall. And then we couldn't come back. And then with the cases increasing and then there's a vaccine, I'm like, okay, well, there's so much politics around the vaccine. So it's, at this point, personally, I'm just just waiting to see what happens because then I don't want to get my hopes up too high and then be disappointed.
1: I mean, aside from the constant feelings of isolation and, as you mentioned, this consistent emotional roller coaster that we've been on for several months now, what other factors do you believe have really stuck out in terms of affecting or impacting one's mental state?
2: I would definitely want to say politics. I think it's just the feeling of not knowing what's going to happen. For me personally, I like to know what's going to happen. I like to know what to expect. And I, being in this pandemic, there's a lot of uncertainty. So that definitely affects our mental health. Definitely politics, just with everything happening and just the different events that are happening across the world. Because for some people... Yes, there's stuff that are going on in the United States, but then there are other people who are going through different stuff, like, for example, with SARS in Nigeria and different crises happening across the world, and then in the United States. And on top of that, especially for Black students with like race and injustice, it's just so much that's affecting us, essentially.
1: When thinking about the acknowledgement and review of COVID-19 expectations and other guidelines that students should at least be aware of and effectively prepare for if and when they do decide to return to campus for the upcoming spring semester, including living in a single dorm room, uh, consistent testing and updates concerning one's status or lack of one, and beginning with online classes prior to a mid-semester re-evaluation in March, roughly about one year ago since all of this began, at the college's CPG online form that happened earlier in January. Do you feel that these continued restrictions towards reaching a normalized on-campus college experience will further impact one's mental state?
2: I think yes and no. I do believe it can affect students' mental health because some of the emails that the school sends out, I, they give off the impression that there's going to be some normalcy. And I think that's given students hope. And then they'll send out another email and there's these different restrictions, which are not a bad thing because if we want to, at least slow down the spread of this virus, we need to have certain restrictions in place. But then I think some students, given the certain restrictions, they may feel that they don't have the freedom to explore being a college student. So yes, but at the same time, it's for the right reasons because the school does want to, again, prevent and slow down the spread of the virus. But especially for freshmen, This is an unexpected, untraditional start to their first year of college. And so I think with these restrictions, they feel like they're losing out on their first year experience. And it's going to definitely affect our mental health because we all want to return to normal. But we have to have these restrictions in place.
1: I did also want to briefly mention that earlier this fall, there were research project students in the CMS 301 Research Methods in Communication and Media Studies, in which their final project was to examine student and professor attitudes about online learning during that fall semester at Washington College. And the group found that 66% of participants had experienced, quote, negative mental health impacts. While 82% stated that they had a, quote, hard time focusing while in virtual classes and were either lagging behind or felt that they didn't receive as much attention as they could have been if they were in person. So what do you make of these conclusions? Do you feel that this adds like a significant foundation towards how to make necessary improvements along the way if... We have to continue to be in lockdown, essentially, if those returning to on-campus some point don't get the chance to have that in-person experience after the post-spring break evaluation.
2: I think um, those surveys, they really um, give more insight to the professors and the student body because personally, it was hard with online class. Yes, did I get good grades at the end of the semester. Yeah, but just the journey towards getting those good grades was rough. It was hard just sitting at my computer all day on Zoom lectures or just staring at the screen most of the time. It was definitely hard because I mean even though my professors were available during office hours, but sometimes I question if I'm learning because It's not the same when you're in person. There's something with in-person classes, I feel like you're more able to engage with the professors. And so just being online, staring at your computer in one space for hours a day, it's definitely going to be hard to focus. And so I think those surveys are really giving an insight to how the students are feeling. Hopefully, this semester, the virtual learning environment is better. But again, it might differ from professor and class. I know for lab classes with labs, it was hard because you're not physically doing it. You're watching your professor doing it. And so it takes away the excitement from the lab component. I will say like it's a little bit better than spring of last year because we unexpectedly had to go online, but at least for the fall, we kind of anticipated, we prepared for that. And so last semester was definitely better than the spring, but overall virtual learning is not the best.
1: So aside from these findings found within this research, there were also recommendations concerning how one should expand flexibility within course deadlines, incorporating asynchronous and synchronous classes and more group interaction involvement between students, basically anything that could bring some kind of further interaction, or at least make them feel like they're having a very rich, very well-rounded college experience. How would you recommend students best prepare for yet another uncertain semester? For
2: me, I am going in with the expectation that that is going to be fully virtual. I know they say they might have in-person classes, but I'm fully expecting a virtual because I don't want to get my hopes up and then be disappointed. And in order to prepare, I think we just need to think for me, in order to be more focused, I find a designated spot to do my work. And if you're able to have different scenery, Where you take your classes? So maybe one day you take your classes in your bedroom, maybe at the kitchen table, or in your backyard. Try to move around so it doesn't feel like you're just confined in one space. I think definitely, students, we should schedule self care time to de stress. Really take time to ourselves because it's a lot. Essentially, we just need to really take in this break, get our minds ready. For the virtual learning and again try to move around again designate time for self-care or even soon call with your friends try to do things that you would do if we weren't in isolation but a virtual setting
1: so with all of this in mind and with the future still on the verge of again facing that uncertainty as to what to expect throughout this new semester and this new year and hopefully A fresh start back to a familiar, more comfortable, normal. I know you did mention self-care, but what else would you advise or recommend students, faculty members, anyone on the college campus to help themselves mentally for another semester of uncertainty?
2: Well, this one interesting thing that I started doing last semester, I never thought I would have done it, but maybe try a new hobby. I joined this mitten club. I've never thought I would have done it even though we're in isolation, try to make the best of the situation. So do something new without putting others at risk. I used to take walks in the afternoons. Like, I guess since we're in isolation, we have more time and do things that you wouldn't have done. Because maybe being on campus... You have less time to do for new things, so I think just being in isolation, watch a new show, or try baking or cooking, do things that make you happy, that you enjoy, and definitely stay in touch with friends and families.
1: There have been recent evaluations, especially during the pandemic, on how we should approach discussing and advocating for further mental health awareness, or at least some action as to provide protection for those who have undergone significant mental health changes Over the past few months, what do you feel is the best method or series of methods the WAC administration and other parts of the campus community should implement or help familiarize students in feeling seen and heard and to overall raise awareness for mental health?
2: My first response would be everyone should support each other, helping each other and looking out for each other, talking to each other like on social media maybe one day you decide to post a little inspirational thing that could actually brighten up someone's day or even text someone say hey how are you doing being there for each other essentially checking with each other every once in a while that feeling of knowing that there's someone out there in the campus community that you can just talk to
1: well Shanice thank you so much for talking with us
0: Jay providing all your insight. Uh, Thank you. You're welcome. Our next guest is Senior and WAC Psychology Club Vice President Kimberly Leonard. Kim, welcome to the show.
1: First, I would like to ask, how would you describe your position and your roles within the Psychology Club on the Washington College campus?
3: So I took notes at every meeting and I sent out emails to the members on campus. But now I'm the vice president, so I help Shanice, the president, organize events, come with ideas, lead meetings with Shanice and also when Shanice can't go to meetings or sort of things like that.
1: Before we dive into this discussion and about how for many Americans and for college students across our own campus and others across the country, the COVID-19 pandemic has really taken a toll on their mental health. And I wanted to briefly review what exactly is involved when we discuss what mental health is. So how would you describe the concepts behind mental health? How would you define it?
3: I already just want to start off with saying mental health is just as important as physical health. I think that a lot of people tend to neglect that, not realize how important mental health is because it's something, nothing that we actually can see. A big part of it is through our emotions and how you can see just how the way we carry and how we interact with ourselves and our environment. the people around us, a big part of it to me is about self-care and can really pick up concepts and ideas around someone's mental health and how they see themselves by the way that they take care of themselves and how they view themselves. So when some people may neglect their feelings or they don't reach out too much until after all their friends are comfortable or things like that, like they wait until afterwards to address their own feelings like they put others before themselves or some people don't actually even talk about their own feelings. They just bottle them up inside. Things like that. We don't think that it's toxic. We think, oh, I'll deal with it later, and then we never deal with it. And I know everyone can relate to that, because we've all done it at least once. A big part of mental health is this awareness not only with yourself, but other people. You can take note, like, hey, Olivia, I noticed you've been really closed off around us when we all hang out. What's up with that? You okay? Pick up of those sorts of things and reach out. Mental health is everywhere, and It's very bad that we just brush over it so much.
1: How would you describe the status of mental health of college students at this point in time?
3: Well, it's horrible for the mental health of college students because a lot of their social environment revolves around college. That's how they make friends. That's how they interact with everyone on a daily basis. That's how they get out of bed every day because they have to walk to class. And now that they're not, they're just rolling over in their beds every day and they're not actually taking care of themselves. They might not even talk to their friends as much. And then especially some college students don't have access to nutritionist food or just food available in general. Things close by, like Walgreens was really close by. I noticed that there was a little nice harbor down in the town that aren't close by to them for them to even get out or interact with. So they're stuck in this small little bubble containing themselves and they're not getting out and interacting with their people. With COVID, yes, you should social distance and everything. But it's pushing us even further apart because it, we should go outside and put this mask on, cover ourselves and pushing even more negative images and beliefs in our head because we're just isolating ourselves and we're not doing anything. But I do want to emphasize that even when you're alone, you can still do stuff. Because I just bought this nice coloring book at work, actually. And I've been coloring a lot. Things like that, like like some different hobbies. Yeah, I can't go out and hang out with my friends. But rather than me laying in bed and moping around. Yeah, that's still me isolating myself in my house. But I'm doing something that I genuinely enjoy. I'm not thinking about these negative thoughts. Like, I'm having fun. Little things that you change in your life can go a long way.
0: And during the course of
1: last year, particularly as we've all become now accustomed to, after having not only an extended spring break in March and now we were suddenly forced to move out of the campus and isolate ourselves at home, limited to virtual connections and learning, and as you said, with little to no other in-person interaction, do you feel that this timeline and essentially this back-and-forth kind of relationship has also significantly impacted the WAC student body mentally?
3: Yes. I feel at WAC, we don't talk about mental health, and that's obviously, first of all, a big issue. I think now is really the the most important time that we should talk about it because it's such a big impact on not only just a few students, it's a big impact on everyone. We're all struggling in our own ways, and it's quite similar to everyone else's. So I think that we could be able to talk about it and come together as a community
1: what other factors do you believe have also stuck out in terms of affecting and impacting one's mental state?
3: First of all, again, being isolated, it's not just isolated physically from campus, but they're not able to be around the people. Like see a class walking on campus, and I'd be like, hey, Olivia, and then she'd be like, hey, Kim, and that'd be it. But, you know, we don't even have those little interactions anymore. They have such a big impact on us. And then also like, extracurricular activities, I'm in this one, it's called Wigs, and it's literally a game club. Like, we just come two days a week and we just play games. Like, we could play Uno or Magic the Other, like, anything. Yeah, we have a Discord to all call and hang out and everything, but it's not the same. And then this whole pandemic, and so it's so serious where really we don't know about the future. Now the world is basically on fire. And not only, you know, we're, we're worried about our futures, like, but we're also worried about, like, what if I get covid like, what if my mom gets COVID? What if my sister or my brother? And, you know, oh, obviously when you're having a low mental health level, you're going to think more negatively. So obviously I'm not going to be like, oh, like, no, they won't get it. Like, I'm just like, oh, my God, but what if they get it? And then we're not addressing that feeling.
1: So essentially it's this combination of not only this lingering uncertainty, but just so many what ifs and all equating to the world being on fire.
3: Yeah, and it's the unknown because so many people have died from it. I I think what's really scary about it to people is that you can have it and not have any symptoms. And so it can do everything right. You can social distance, you can quarantine, and you can still get it. That's that's horrible. And then, you know, we beat ourselves up for stuff like this too. We're like, did I do something to deserve feeling this way? Did I do something to deserve getting COVID? And so we didn't.
1: So when thinking about the acknowledgement and review of COVID-19 expectations and other guidelines for the spring. Do you feel that these continued restrictions towards reaching some sort of normalized on-campus college experience will also impact one's mental health?
3: Yeah, because it's not going to help. I mean, it might help in a few ways. Like I know for example, like some foreign exchange students, them living on campus, they'll be in the same time zone so they'll be able to access classes and everything. But you're not going to be able to do anything. And if anything, it's going to be even more anxious because you're going to be able to interact with your friends in a way of, Oh, I can see Olivia, but what if I get her sick? And then it leads to more self-blame. It leads to more anxiety. It's not good. And I really don't think it would be a good idea to let back everyone on campus. But also at the same time, I would like to go back on campus. Yeah, I was just see my friends and stuff. But like, I got work done at campus. I worked with the rats in the psych lab. That was such a big thing for my mental health. I loved those rats. I'd hold every rat and I would just tell the rats about my day. And like, yeah, it sounds sane. But it was so nice for my mental health. Yeah, I would like to go back and do that. I had such a positive impact on my mental health. Instead of thinking about it negatively, like, oh, now that I'm not on campus, I guess I'll follow up my feelings. You can just make these different accommodations to to create that same exact school environment. Like me talking about, like, how I never do homework at home. But my little nephew just started preschool. So when he has to do, like, homework, like coloring and shapes, I'll sit there at the table with him. And so while he's doing that, I'll work on my thesis call your friends at the same time you guys can work on stuff or or I'm sure your teachers would even be happy to work with you instead of focusing on these negative issues and bad habits that you have because of the quarantine how can I improve that habit and if you don't know how to improve you can ask people can give you advice my neighbor's dog named Winky she sits at the end of the gate because me and my mom give her treats I talk to Winky winky just sits there like as long as you give me some beef i'll listen that's how i get through my day and that helps me like find what works for you we have this quarantine thing so you have a lot of free time if you don't just sit there and like wallow away work through it you can
1: do it i did also want to bring up there was recently a research project that students at WAC conducted they were part of the cms 301 research methods in communication and media studies class and Their study was titled, An Examination of Student and Professor Attitudes About Online Learning for the Fall Semester. Their results discovered that 66% of participants had experienced, quote, negative mental health impacts while having an online college environment, while 82% stated that they had a, quote, hard time focusing while in virtual classes throughout the course of the semester. What do you make of these conclusions? Do you feel that this adds a significant foundation or additional dimension towards how the school or how students themselves can make the necessary improvements towards creating for everybody and creating for themselves a more interactive, less stressful or stress-inducing environment?
3: Yeah, I mean, it's hard to not get distracted at all. But, like, those little disturbances and then you forget what you were saying and stuff like that. Or even... I know a lot of people, when they're in classes, they type their notes. One thing that I did when I typed my notes in Gen Psych, I turned off my Wi-Fi. So that way, because I have a Mac, that way I didn't get any messages or anything. That can decrease distraction. But also, again, at home, like, dude, I'll just see, like, a piece of string while I'm in class. And, like, that I'm distracted. And I think it's because we're by ourselves. And we're not in a classroom where we're surrounded by other people and other people are looking at us. And so, like, if I take out my phone right now, all these people are going to see me and then I'll think in my head like oh my god what are they going to think of me and also I don't want to distract them but I'm on my computer and all you just see is my head you don't know what I'm doing no one would know and then even in some classes people don't turn on their cameras so you never know what they're doing and so it's so easy for you to just do whatever you want and it's so easy to set goals and say yeah I'm gonna do it and then you just don't do it. You're more likely to push yourself and that and stuff when you're surrounded by other people because that's what they're doing. So, like, you feel like, oh, I have to like doing work when I'm in class because not other people do it. My best advice might be, I noticed in a few of my classes that, like, people would have class together. Like, these two girls, I guess, they had sleepovers whatever they had class or something. You could do that. You could put your headphones in and have class in the library or just outside or feel obligated to work when you're around people. So maybe trying to do that, or maybe even with your family.
1: Knowing that distraction was one of the biggest problems many students, us included, at least at some point during the duration of the fall semester. So how else can students best prepare for yet another semester of being online? At least half of it, or maybe all of it would be online again, as we've seen in the fall.
3: I'd say the set goals for yourself and not be hard on yourself, but be honest. It's college. It's not high school. This is your life, and you're gonna do it how you want to. And if you really care, and you notice I keep getting distracted, I don't know what to do. Reach out. You can talk to your friends. You can. I would I'm highly recommend reaching out to your professors. I reached out to the OAS my freshman year, and I received accommodations that I needed to help me further my education because I really needed it. And if I hadn't reached out, I never would have thought about even talking about it. And I had brought it up to one of my teachers and she was like, I mean, you should go see like talk to the OAS, like, because they, they sound like they could really help you out. Like, it's okay. Like one of the things I get is extra time. One of the things that I do is I get to sit in a little cubby and take my tests because me being around other people, like it makes me anxious. Or I also get to listen to white noise. I noticed that while I was studying, I would just listen to the beats of music. And I was like, wow, that really helps. So I told the woman at the OAS, and she said, well, you can listen to light noise. Did you want to give it a try the next time you take an exam and we can see? And I was like, sure. And I did. And I was like, whoa, these things wouldn't happen if you don't reach out. The worst thing they can say is no. And I highly doubt it because the, the professors at WAC, they're so dedicated to their jobs. They all love us so much and care about us. They love us so much. I'm certain that they're all more than happy to hear about our problems and help us in any way they can. And it's okay to be hard on yourself to an extent in the sense of, oh, I'm so depressed. But also, you're depressed. It's okay to let yourself be sad. Don't ignore the feelings. But also acknowledge, hey, I shouldn't lay in bed for 24 hours a day, nonstop, for three weeks. So you know what? I'm going to give myself 21 minutes, but then I have to get up. Little things like that. You set these little goals for yourself. Okay, tomorrow I'm going to take this cup in my room down and put it in the sink. No, I told myself I'm going to do that. I'm going to do it. It goes a long way. And again, I can't stress enough. Be nice to yourself, but also assertive. It's okay to miss class. I'm not going to go to class today. I need to take a mental health day. Cool. No, I've missed class for three days straight. I have to go to class. I'm not I'm not gonna talk in class, but I'm gonna go. Be nice to yourself, but also don't baby yourself.
1: Speaking of the WAC administration and of the community, you did mention how there needs to be further discussions about how we actually talk about mental health and how we raise further awareness about how mental health affects us especially at a college level so what do you feel is the best method or series of methods that the WAC administration and the surrounding campus should implement to help students feel seen and heard in with their mental health struggles and as well as raising awareness for mental health across the entire community
3: I think that addressing it is very important when we had that huge sit-in when Royce Foreman had killed himself and we all had that big sit-in in order to hold administration accountable because the second suicide in four years and we are a small school. It might not sound big, but that's huge. And the fact that there was nothing about him, Black just covered it up. And that—that's not that you should do, and that's not going to help better mental health at all. No one wants to admit that they were wrong. That sucks. No one ever wants that, but that's what being an adult is. And admitting that there needs to be a huge change within their mental health system is drastic. Yeah, it's going to be hard to say that, but you have to. Especially, mental health is so important. And if you're not going to acknowledge that, it's just going to keep getting worse. I think another thing that could happen is. I understand that the is small, but maybe providing more counselors. I also think that since we're doing a lot of online learning and so we can do text messages or calling or something like that, that might be go-to. And I know we used to have those little seminar classes about like managing stress and I think providing a few different classes about it, stuff like that. Like You take with yourself these experiences that you have and you make what you can I think that's another thing that we could work on is, like, acceptance and mindfulness on campus. Again, no one wants to admit that they're wrong, but accepting your flaws is a very big part. And also, you're not perfect. No one's perfect. And you know what? That's just that. And yeah, it's so easy to talk about our flaws, but, like, it just makes you you.
1: With all this in mind and with the future still on the verge (laughs) of facing possibly even more uncertainty as to what to expect throughout this new year... What do you advise or recommend the WAC campus to really help themselves mentally for another semester and to that eventuality of hopefully sometime getting back onto camp?
3: Again, setting goals. I think that's a big part of it. Again, it goes along with self-care. Maybe I'm like, I'm going to brush my hair for class. Even though it sounds so stupid to some people, that's a big step for a lot of people too. And, you know, that's okay. It takes so much energy to brush your hair. That's okay. Do it. Little things like that. You don't have to go crazy. If they're important to you, that's what matters. So, again, I cannot stress enough, being honest with yourself and opening up. It's okay to tell your teacher, I'm anxious about this assignment. Or, I didn't understand this thing in class. Or, I really just have to take a mental health day. Your teacher will most likely say, like, I'm sorry to hear that. Would you like to come by during office hours and we can talk about this topic and I can try to explain it better? Or, oh, Olivia is actually a tutor for this class at the OAS. Do you want to schedule an appointment with her for that? Or even, hey, it sounds like a mental issue. Or things like that. Like, they are not going to push you away. You not talking about it, that's pushing it away. And that's not talking about it. That's just making it grow bigger and bigger and bigger until it bursts. Trust me, I know from Experience. <laughs>
1: Well, Kim, thank you so much for being with us today and for offering all your insight. We very much appreciate it. Heck yeah, man.
0: As of January 13th, over 400 Washington College students, along with a near additional 240 students, have chosen to live on the Washington College campus and within the surrounding Chestertown area, respectively, for the spring semester. Throughout the duration of the WACCPG online forum, that same day, Students will, in accordance with signing the WAC Health Code of Conduct and other similar documents for returning to campus, be abiding by the following enforced instructions, including, but not limited to, living in singles rooms only, having a plexiglass barrier between shared spaces and dormitories, restricted from in-person communing in public spaces, including kitchens and common rooms, and beginning with learning in online classes, Other enacted changes will include a green-yellow-orange-red alert system, which will determine how WAC will operate throughout the duration of the spring, with green being the most stable and with the continuation of COVID-19 safety practices, and red signaling a complete campus lockdown. These alerts will be displayed daily on the Washington College COVID-19 dashboard, alongside, in accordance with the Spring 2021 COVID-19 Handbook, quote, the number of COVID tests administered by WAC Health Services, the number of positive cases and overall positivity rate, and the counts and capacity within quarantine and isolation housing. For more information regarding these alerts and other initiated practices, please be sure to visit the COVID-19 Spring Semester page under the Washington College website or to check the complete Better Together, Your Ultimate Guide to the 2021 Spring Semester Handbook under the latest CPG update, under the Communications and Updates tab on the COVID-19 Spring Semester page. If you or someone you know at Washington College has undergone stressful and or traumatic experiences, difficulty coping, and or other concerns on or off campus, be sure to schedule a telehealth or in-person appointment, depending on current circumstances, with a member of the Washington College Counseling Staff under the Health and Counseling Services page, under Campus Community tab on the Washington College website or dial extension 7261 if you're on campus, or the number 410-778-7261. Additional contact information and guidelines for scheduling an appointment can be found on the WAC website. This has been Washington College Weekly. I'm your host, Olivia Montez, and I will see you next week.